Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. I'm Pastor Tuck, and welcome to the Word at my church. If this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be, and I want to encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we have a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. So go ahead and get your Bible, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's word. But before we do, let's begin our Bible, begin with our Bible confession. So go ahead and grab your Bible in your hand and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. By hearing its word and applying it by faith, it'll change my life. So I declare right now from this day forward that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again. And neither shall the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare I'm going to share this word with someone so that their life may be changed forever in Jesus name. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Precious God, Lord, we thank you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the moments of preaching. Father, I thank you, Lord. Father God, for using me. Lord, I trust you, Lord. Lord, that you would just move me aside. Take my place. Speak to your people. Father God, say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. Father, Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you would speak from heaven. Lord, that we may receive revelation, insight, foresight. Father God, Lord, give us, Lord, what we need to be who you've called us to be in the earth. Lord, we trust you, Lord. Father God, Lord, that what you pour out is going to equip us for this last day in which we live. Father Lord, we are here. Father God, Lord, for the purpose. Father God, Lord, that you've put us here. Father God, to have the influence and impact Father God, on others, Father God, Lord, on the people, Lord, we encounter. Lord, that our households, Father God, Lord, our jobs, our homes, Father God, Lord, the communities in which we live, Father God, would be different. Father God, that every person we encounter, Lord, would have a truly encounter with you. Lord, so I ask you now, Lord, we bind, Father God, by the power, Lord, that's in your blood, every contrary spirit, every demonic force. Any person, Lord, that would attempt, Father God, Lord, any any demon, Father God, Lord, any principality, Father God, that would attempt to hinder, Lord, your word from going forth. Lord, that it would come forth unchecked, unhindered. Lord, that it would, Lord, do, Lord, what you've sent it forth to do. And, Lord, that lives would be changed. Father God, Lord, that we would, Lord, now be equipped, Lord, to be that last day army, Father God, that you've called us to be. And that people's lives, Lord, would be different. Lord, just because they've had an encounter with us, because we've had an encounter with your word. And I thank you today, Lord. And I trust you and I believe you, Lord, for it all. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Well, praise God today. We bless God for you and so blessed that you're here. Ask you to like, share, tag, let somebody know the words going forth. Amen, <clears throat> amen. And if you've been with us, then you know that this is the year that God wants to restore the church to a place of greater influence and impact. And I told you that one thing that is essential to that restorative or restoration process is that we must have some concept of the original condition or state of that which is being restored. So we talked about our former glory, because if we're going to be restored to our original condition, we must understand how we were first created, how we were originally designed to operate. And the Bible says we were created in his image, his likeness. See, when man was first existed, we existed as a spirit, which meant not only did we look like him, but we operated like him. And everything we knew we got directly from him. Then it says God formed man from the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So now we existed as a spirit that lived in a body and possessed a soul. Well, the next thing we know, Satan shows up, deceives the woman, and they become delusional. 
They go from operating based on revelation, knowledge that comes directly from God, to information, knowledge acquired from the world around them. In other words, their soul got corrupted. And since the soul consists of our mind, will, and emotions, if we're going to be restored to the place that God desires, I told you we must begin with our thinking. We must restore our minds. And the Holy Spirit desires to do so. He wants to restore our minds to the original way of thinking that God designs us with. Before it was corrupted by our flesh. But we must allow him. And that's why Paul tells us to be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. As a matter of fact, open your Bibles with me once again to the book of Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. But this time, uh, I'm going to begin with verse 1. Romans chapter 12. And I'm reading from the amplified version of the text. Romans chapter 12. Beginning at verse one, and it reads, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all of your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. In other words, you must make a deliberate choice to be restored because the Holy Spirit is not going to do it against your will. Look at verse two. He says, do not be conformed to this world, this age fashioned after or adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals, its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Here we see having our minds restored, why it is so important. Because how we think affects our decisions. It is right there in the text. He says, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. He said, even the thing which is good, acceptable, and perfect in his sight for you. In other words, so that you can know the will of God and what he desires for you. See, the reason why we make poor choices is because we choose what we want instead of what God wants for us. Which is the result of a distorted will. See, when Adam and Eve became delusional, not only was their thinking corrupted, but their desire became perverted. Oh, uh, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, what they wanted was contrary to what God desired for them. See, God had clearly instructed them not to partake of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil because he wanted them to be totally dependent on him as their source of knowledge. But because their thinking was corrupted and their desire was perverted, they thought it was a tree to be desired to make one wise. And they decided to take of its fruit and eat. And we're still suffering 
the consequences of their poor decision. All because their will was no longer aligned with his will. And they made the wrong choice. Somebody type in the comments, your thoughts affect your decisions. And that's why after restoring our minds, the next step in the restoration or restorative process is restoring our will. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Restoring our will. Is that all right? Go over to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And when you get there, look at verse 16. Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 16. I'm going to read this from the New International Version. Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 16. Here he says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. And they are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. See, when we were born again, our spirit was regenerated, but our soul was not. That means we still have a corrupt mind, a corrupt will, and corrupt emotions. And so we started talking about restoring our mind so that our thought process would be better. So that we could go back to the thought process that God desired for us. We talked about going back to revelation versus information. Well, now we need to look at restoring our will. Because there is a constant struggle taking place to keep us from following the pattern we've grown accustomed to. See, he says, the reason why we was given a spirit and our spirit was born again, is to keep us out of that pattern. Watch this. See, when Adam and Eve transgressed, when they made that poor choice, they lost the ability to be led by the spirit. And their soul became corrupted. So now they've been living this soul-led life. The soul that is being, that is in tune with the flesh. That is information driven. And so its thoughts are driven by external. Its decisions are, its emotions, everything about it is dictated by the things around it. And not based on what God has to say. Not the way it was they were designed. And so when we're reborn, he reconnects our spirit. So now we're able to get instructions, information directly from heaven, directly from God. And so now there's this struggle in place because now what we want is to do what the flesh desires. To make our decisions based on what the flesh wants. And he says that battle is taking place between that spirit and that soul man. That will of the flesh and the will of the spirit to keep you from doing what you've grown accustomed to. The things that you want. And that's why we must learn to submit. As a matter of fact, the 
Living Bible puts it this way. He says in verse 16, I advise you to obey only the Holy Spirit's instructions. Mm. He will tell you where to go and what to do. And then you won't always be doing the wrong things. Your evil, your evil nature wants you to do. Wow. Well, if you recall, Paul told us in the Corinthian letter that the reason that we were given the spirit was so that we might know what God has freely given to us. In other words, so that we could receive revelation, but not just the knowledge of what we're entitled to, but how to access it. Somebody type in the comments, his job is to give us instructions. Somebody else type, but we have to follow them. Yeah. See, that's why he says, I advise you to obey only the Holy Spirit's instructions. He will tell you where to go and what to do. Then you won't always be doing the wrong things your evil nature wants you to do. Look at verse 17. He says, for we naturally love to do evil things that are just the opposite from the things the Holy Spirit tells us to do. And the good things we want to do when the Spirit has his way with us are just the opposite of our natural desires. These two forces within us are constantly fighting each other to win control over us. And our wishes are never free from their pressures. See, that's why it's important to allow the Holy Spirit to restore our will. Because I told you we're in a season where unquestioned obedience is going to produce miraculous results. But we must be able to hear God and do what he says. And that requires putting our flesh in subjection so that we desire what he wants for us. And we do what he says. Let me help you see this. Go over to Isaiah chapter one. Isaiah chapter one. And when you get there, look at verse 19. Isaiah chapter one, beginning at verse 19. Here it reads, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. That word willing is the Hebrew word Abba. It means to breathe after, to consent. It's the root word for the word Abbe, means longing or desire. In other words, if you desire what he desires, if you want what he wants for you and do what he says, you shall eat the good of the land. See, in order to experience manifestation, we must first have a desire to do so. And I'm not talking about just wanting stuff. I'm talking about a desire for what God intended for you to have. A desire for what God intended for you to do. See, remember, God said you'll be my witnesses in Judea. He says, he says, you're supposed to be my witnesses in all the earth. He said, you're supposed to be ambassadors for me. Jesus said, you'll do greater works. See, that's what God intended. So you need to have a desire for what God intended for you to have. He said, you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. 
He said, you'll cast out devils. You need to have a desire. And in order for us to experience that manifestation, we got to have a desire to do so. He said, because if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And that type of desire only comes from the Lord. Turn over to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. When you get that, look at verse four. Psalm 37. Look at verse four. Here it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. See, when you spend time in his word, spend time in his presence, he'll give you revelation. He'll show you what you should desire. And he will implant those desires in your heart. As a matter of fact, I remember years ago hearing Denzel during a motivational speech. And he said something that perfectly described this verse. He, he said, true desire in the heart for anything good is God's proof to you sent beforehand to indicate that it's already yours. Now, notice he said the desire for anything good. Because the desire to experience manifestation is not about you just wanting more stuff. As a matter of fact, go over to John, 1 John. John's first epistle. And when you get there, look at chapter 2. 1 John. Two, and when you get to look at verse 15, oh, I pray I'm helping somebody. First John two, look at verse 15. Here it says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it is not the Father. It is not of the Father, but it is of the world. See, that word lust means inappropriate desire. And that's why the enemy wants our will to remain perverted so that we won't be aligned with the will of God. He wants us to continue to desire the things of the flesh. And that's why we must allow the Lord to restore our will. Go over to Philippians chapter two. Philippians chapter two. And when you get to look at verse 13, here he says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. That's major. That word will is the Greek word ethelo which means to desire. So it is God who works in you both to desire. That word do is energio, which means to be effectual, to show forth or to accomplish. So here Paul makes it clear that it is God who works in you to produce the desire and the ability to accomplish for his own purposes. 
So it is God who wants us to experience manifestation so that we can have greater impact and influence. See, he said he would bless us and we would be a blessing. He tells us in Deuteronomy that he wants to give us the ability to get wealth in order to establish his covenant. He says in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you. See, God has a plan. God has a purpose for us as believers. And it is God who works in us both to produce the desire and the ability to accomplish those plans for his purpose, for his good pleasure. But we must desire what he desires. Our will has to line up with his will. Because in order to experience manifestation, it requires obedience. Oh, we about to get, we, 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 we about to, I'm about to, I'm about to drop some major on you right now. Go over to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Yeah. See, because here is the point where most believers get frustrated. Where, where most people who I've seen quit. Where, 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 where so many people, even non-believers, get frustrated with the teachings of the faith, the gospel, because there's a missing ingredient that they have missed out on. Hebrews chapter 10, look at verse 35. And look at what the Hebrew writer says to us here. He says, cast not away therefore your confidence. We know that confident, that word confidence there, he's talking about your faith. He says, don't throw away your faith, your trust in God. See, we always talk about how much faith we have. He said, but then we read it to just throw it away. And go and put our trust in the world, something we know that's unstable. We're ready to just walk away, do something else. We'll just quit. Oh, I tried. But see, try and trust is not the same thing. And here he tells us, don't throw away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. He said, in other words, he said, why? He said, because it's very valuable. He said, it pays great dividends. Look at verse 36. He said, for you have need of patience. He said, don't throw away your faith because it's very valuable. He said, and you're going to have need of patience. That word patience means the ability to endure. First of all, if you don't have faith, you're not going to have the ability to get through situations and circumstances that show up in your life. And that's why you see so many people give up quit because they don't have the faith to get through when times get tough. He said, but notice he goes on. He doesn't stop there. He said that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Wait a minute. You might want to underline that verse, that particular segment of scripture. After you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So he told me, don't throw away my faith. He said, because it's valuable. And he tells me, because I'm going to need patience. He said, but after I've done the will of God, I might receive the promise. He says, for yet a little while, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any draw back, my soul shall not have pleasure 
in him. But we are not them who draw back unto perdition. That word perdition means utter loss. But of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Here the Hebrew writer tells us that there are three things necessary to experience manifestation. Here he says we must have faith to believe that we could have what God said we could have. The patience to endure opposition when it arises. And the missing ingredient that most people seem to miss is the obedience necessary to do whatever he says do. Now, we know that the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when we continue to read God's word and meditate on that word, it produces revelation. Oh, I need you to see that. See, because the word in itself is simply information. Because everybody can pick up a Bible, but at that point, it's only information. But faith comes by hearing and hearing. So when we continue to read God's word and meditate on that word, it goes from information to revelation. See, we see ourselves in the spirit doing what God said we could do. And we truly believe we have the ability to do it because we have instructions how to proceed in the natural. The Holy Spirit is allowed to give us a path to success. And that revelation gives us patience. The ability to endure opposition. Because regardless of what we see or experience in the natural, we know without a shadow of a doubt, we got a word from God. Instructions directly from the throne of heaven. See, that's how come we can be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord because I've got my marching orders. I've got my instructions because I stayed in the word until I got a revelation. And because I got a revelation, I'm not moving from the position God told me to move. I'm not going to stop doing what he told me to do because I got my instructions directly from God. So now I have patience. I have the ability to endure. But if we desire to experience manifestation, it requires more than just faith and patience. Here he makes it clear to us that we will not see manifestation until we have done what God wants us to do. Somebody type in the comments, it requires obedience. You see, obedience is the most critical time in the process. It's when everything that we've done until now is put to the test. It's what transitions what we're believing God for from the invisible to the visible realm. See, faith and patience will only take you so far. There comes a point where faith is not going to make the promise come to pass. We can believe all we want. It's not going to change. Patience is not going to cut it. We can wait forever and it still won't come. Because in order to experience manifestation, we're going to have to do what God wants us to do. And if we don't, not only can it abort the promise, but it can damage our faith as well. What do you mean, pastor? See, that's why we see people walk away from the Lord. Because they were believing God. Remaining in faith. They were working patience. But when the time came, they did not do what was necessary. They did not follow the Holy Spirit's instructions. So they did not experience manifestation. And then they walked away blaming God. Mm. Watch this. 
Y'all remember Naaman, right? In the Bible, the Bible talks about the great man Naaman, you know, and, you know, he 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 was leprous. You know, he, he had a great reputation. He, he was a successful man in the world. You know, he was a warrior. He was all he was all these things, but he, he had leprosy. And, you know, in, in all his conquests, he had uh, a servant girl who was an Israelite. And the servant girl said, well, you know, why, 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 why doesn't my, 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 my master go see the man of God? Surely he can heal him. So he goes out, you know, he gets all his resources. He gets his stuff, you know, takes his servant boy with him. And he says, come on, man, load up the car. We going, we going to see the guy. Cause she said he can do this. He tells it, he tells it, tell the dude he worked for. Hey, I need some time off. I need to go see the man. So he goes to the house. And when he gets there, The man of God sends out his servant and tells him, go dip seven times in the Jordan. He said, you'll be made whole. Naaman gets mad. What are you talking about? I surely thought he'd come out, wave his hand over me, lay hands on me, do something special. I done come all this way. So he goes away and he's mad. Why? Because he didn't want to do what the man of God told him to do. He didn't want to follow the instructions of the Holy Spirit. He got a revelation, instructions directly from heaven, but he didn't want to do what he said do. And his man servant was like, hey, if he had told you to do something crazy, you told you stand on your head, do some cartwheels, jump off a cliff. You'd have done that. He told you to do something simple. The man of God, the man follows the instructions and he's made whole. See, so many times we don't want to follow simple instructions. We don't want to do what God tells us to do because it's not what we want to do. And we walk away blaming God. But I need somebody to type in the comments. If you don't experience manifestation, it's not God's fault. Remember, I told you success is a choice. As a matter of fact, God told us through the prophet Isaiah, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So he makes it clear that our obedience will prepare produce results. But if we pay close attention, we might recognize that it's not quite that simple. What do you mean, pastor? Well, he said, if you are willing and obedient, I, I told you earlier, in order to experience manifestation, we must do what God wants us to do. But here he says, we must also want to do it. In other words, we must be willing. Somebody type in the comments, you've got to be willing. Yeah. Let me help y'all see it. There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about uh, sowing. He says, sowing cheerfully. He said, not grudgingly. Because God loves a cheerful giver. It's even one particular text in the Old Testament where God tells Moses, he says, take an offering. He said, from everyone willing, take my offering. See, God won't even receive your obedience if it's not willing. See, if you're just, oh, let me do this. God said, I ain't receiving that. Don't count. You don't even get credit for it. You don't even get credit for following instructions if it's not willing. Wow, Pastor, you just poof, turned on the light for me. See, because I've been doing it, but I've been doing it against my will. That's why you got to have your will restored. See, because anything that you're not doing against your will, see, that's, that's slavery. 
That's that's you know that's coercion, and that's not how God operates. God is a God of love. God said, if you're not going to do it because you love me, God said, I don't need it. God said, I don't even want it. See, you got to be willing. And that's why restoring our will is so important. So that we will choose to do the things that God desires for us. See, we've got to be willing to submit our will to his will. Watch this. One of the reasons why serving the Lord can be difficult is because when he tells us to do something, it may come at a time when we're tired, when we're uncomfortable, when we're in pain, or when we just don't feel like doing it. But it's not about what we want. It's about what he wants. As a matter of fact, Paul puts it this way. Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So as a believer, our lives are no longer our own. But in order for us to have the kind of influence and impact that God intended, our will must be restored. We got to get back to the place where we want what God wants. Watch this. See, sometimes God tells me things that I need to do for the body. And my physical body doesn't want to cooperate. It may be tired. It may be in pain, but guess what? I tell it, you don't have a choice in the matter because I want what God wants. See, I'm more concerned about souls being saved than I am about how I feel. I'm more concerned about lives being changed than me being sleepy, than me being tired or what kind of mood I'm in. I want what God wants. I want to see the kingdom advance more than I want to have fun. See, because my will has been restored to the point that I want whatever God wants. And the key is submission. Turn over to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Last scripture, Luke chapter 11. And when you get to look at verse 28, Luke chapter 11, here it says, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. I told you we are in a season where unquestioned obedience is going to produce miraculous results where we must be able to hear God and do what he says. And that requires putting our flesh in subjection. We must have our will restored to a place where it is once again aligned with the will of God where we want what he wants for us. Where the things of the kingdom are our priorities. Because in order to go from revelation to manifestation, it requires obedience. Because as the Hebrew writer reminds us, we will only receive the promise after we've done the will of God. So we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to restore our will.
Ask God to change what you want. Align your wants with his wants. Align your desires with his desires. Allow him to give you the desires of his heart. Amen. God bless you today. I pray this word is blessed you. Because that's the key to getting to the place God wants to take us. To see in the body of Christ. Get to that place of greater influence and impact. We must have our souls restored. Our mind, our will, our emotions. We've got to go back to that place where we were originally created. So that we can be who God created us to be. And have the, and fulfill the assignment he gave us. We can operate the way. That Jesus did. Remember I told you. We have the same assignment Jesus did. Which was to destroy the works of the devil. And what did Jesus say? Not my will. But thy will. He says not about what I want. But what you want. Because Jesus was operating with a restored will. He had the original will of the Father. He didn't care how he felt. He didn't care what he was going through. He said, it's what you want. Come on. He's about to be crucified. And he said, if there's a way, then I can avoid this. He said, nevertheless, ain't about what I want. It's about what you want. Ask God to restore your will. If you're listening to this today and you're like, man, I recognize that I've missed some things. Simply because I wanted what I wanted and not what God wanted for me. I made some poor choices because of that. Well, God wants to help you today. God wants to restore you to a place that he desired you to be. The first step in that journey is accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You may think, oh, man, I've done so much. There's nothing you could have done to get that far away from God. God has been waiting for this day to welcome you home. The Bible says that all you got to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you could be saved. He gave up his son for you. We know that the penalty of sin is death, and he didn't want you to pay it, so he allowed his son to give up his life on your behalf. But in order to receive that gift, you've got to accept the offer. Salvation is free, but it comes with the cost. The cost is your life. You have to exchange your life for the life he wants you to have. you got to allow him to be your Lord, to make your decisions, to guide you and to rule over your life. And if you desire that today, pray this prayer with me. Precious God. Come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus Christ died for me. And I want to accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Be my father. Make me your child. Teach me how to live for you. If you prayed that prayer, the next step in your journey is to find a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church. A place where you have other believers to support you, pastor that will teach you the word without compromise. And if you desire to be a part of my church, we would love to have you. Just follow the instructions on the screen. Go to our website at lovemychurch.org. Click contact us. Fill out a connection card. Let us know you received Christ today. That you rededicated your life. That you want to be a part of this body of believers. And one of our ministers will get back to you with the next steps give you the information you need. 
If you need information about any of our ministries, just do the same. One of our ministers will get you the information you need. But we want to make sure you have all of the tools to live a, a prosperous life in Christ, to be a successful believer, to do all the things God called you to do. But we're here. We, we broadcast every Sunday morning at 12.15, every Thursday evening at 7.30. So we want you to know you have access to the Word of God. We have access to all of the ministry tools available. We have all kinds of ministry teaching available, and we have some exciting new uh, advancements that are coming in our ministry. We have a, a women's group called Women of Worth. We have a men's group called the Man Cave. We have our marriage ministry called Marriage Seer Training. We have a new exciting uh, partnership that we have for uh, addiction called Medicine for the Mind. And we have information about all of those things. All you got to do is let us know. We'll let you know how to get that teaching to help you become the whole believer that you're supposed to be. How to get better in every facet of your life. And so if you desire any of that stuff, just fill out that connection card. Send us a message. Let us know. Secondly, if you've been blessed by this ministry and you want to help us continue to do what God's called us to do, click the donate button. Sow a financial seed. You can use Cash App, Dollar Sign, My Church Lynchburg, PayPal.me forward slash My Church Lynchburg, or you can use the Givelify app. But know however you desire to give, know that your gifts are going to help us continue to spread the gospel all around the world. You can sow your tithe, your offering, your seed, whatever you want into this ministry, knowing that we are doing the work of the gospel, preaching the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so if you want to be a part of what we're doing, you want to help us support our ministry doing exactly that. The information is on the screen. Thirdly, we ask you to make sure you share this broadcast with someone you know who needs it. Because you know somebody who needs the word. Like, share, tag. Send the link to somebody. Let them know whatever platform you're watching on. We're available on every platform available we try to make sure that there's no excuse not to get the word. And guess what? It's only getting better. But we trust God that you're going to help us continue to do that mandate in the body of Christ that every believer has to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so we thank you today. And so the last thing I'll say, make sure you come back and watch us again on next time. We want to see you back. Connect with us. Be a part of what we're doing for the kingdom of God. And make sure you apply this word to your life. Because the word should not just fall flat. It's supposed to go into your heart, grow, and produce change. And change you not only in you, but in the life of everybody you come in contact with. But God bless you today. I'm Pastor Tuck. I love you. Stay tuned to our announcements. See you again on next time. Pastor Stephanie for Women of Worth every first and third Thursday at 7.30 p.m. on Facebook Live.
Join Pastor Tuck in the Man Cave every second and fourth Thursday at 7.30 p.m. on Facebook Live. Before the pandemic, our relationship was already in trouble. It's like we argue about everything. I mean, he comes home and he sits in the driveway, in the car, instead of coming into the house with me and his son. See, she doesn't trust me. And she talks about me to her girlfriends. Like she speaks so loudly like she wants me to hear. What am I supposed to do with that? Why do you have to get out of the bed at 11.20 at night to return a text? You see? She doesn't even know how to talk to me. And he refuses to talk to me. Like the first couple weeks of quarantine, together in the house all day and all night, just confirmed it's me. I can't do this anymore. You know what? I'm done. I think I'm done. Maybe we need to get some help. I think we need to talk to somebody. Marriages are under attack. And if you or someone you know needs help, then join Pastors Lewis and Stephanie Tucker for My Church Marriage Seer Training. Every fifth Thursday at 7.30 p.m., Pastors Lewis and Stephanie Tucker have designed a course to help your marriage to not just survive, but to thrive. Get the tools necessary for a successful biblical marriage. You can enjoy this course live on Roku, Fire Stick, and Apple TV via the BoxCast channel or on Facebook and YouTube Live. Just search My Church Lynchburg. Why not make an investment into your marriage that will impact generations? My Church Lynchburg Marriage Seer Training every fifth Thursday at 7.30 p.m. You can now watch the My Church broadcast on your Roku and Amazon Fire TV and Apple TV. Simply download the BoxCast channel and look for the My Church icon. Or catch the word on the go with the word at My Church Podcast. Now available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music. Tune in iHeart's Radio, Pandora, and Stitcher Podcast platforms. Just search for My Church Lynchburg. Now there's no excuse to go without the word. And for those of you with Alexa-enabled devices, simply enable the My Church Lynchburg skill in the Alexa app. Then say, Alexa, open My Church Lynchburg and sit back and enjoy the word.